I want, I want, I want me, 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 mine, 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 now, now, now. You know you're responsible for what you hear. You know you're responsible for what you hear. And welcome to Thoughts from the Hairy Head, the weekly podcast where I talk about, well, whatever happens to be bouncing around inside my head at the moment, but mostly focusing on constitutional issues and political decentralization. This is episode 119 of Thoughts from the Hairy Head, and I appreciate you tuning in. This week, I'm going to talk about the cult of personality. talk a little bit about something that is really, really on my nerves, and that's this whole cult of personality that we see driving politics today. It seems like nobody has the ability to look at an issue just on face value. It's all wrapped up in the person or the party, and there's just this inability to objectively look at what's going on in the world without wrapping it up in this political cult of personality. There's a, a band in the 80s, I loved them, called Living Color. It was a, a kind of a hard rock band. And they did a song called Cult of Personality. And I was listening to it the other day, and the lyrics really struck me. I'm going to read them to you. Look in my eyes, what do you see? The cult of personality. I know your anger. I know your dreams. I've been everything you want to be. I'm the cult of personality. Like Mussolini and Kennedy, I'm the cult of personality. The cult of personality. Neon lights, a noble prize. Then a mirror speaks. The reflection lies. You don't have to follow me. Only you can set me free. I sell you things you need to be. I'm the smiling face on your TV. I'm the cult of personality. I exploit you. Still you love me. I tell you one and one makes three. I'm the cult of personality. Like Joseph Stalin and Gandhi, I'm the cult of personality. The cult of personality. Neon lights, a noble prize. A leader speaks. That leader dies. You don't have to follow me. Only you can set you free. You give me fortune, you give me fame, you gave me power in your own God's name. I'm every person you need to be. Oh, I'm the cult of personality. Man, if that doesn't sum up politics in the United States today, I don't know what does. It's all wrapped up in personality. And you especially see this when it comes to presidential politics, national politics. And it seems like America's divided into two camps. On one side, we've got people that have Trump derangement syndrome. And on the other side, we've got the Trump worshipers, and I'm not sure which is worse. The Trump derangement syndrome people, these are generally people on the left, uh, but also neoconservatives and even some, some people that are legitimately on the right. And I say Trump derangement syndrome because no matter what the man does or says, it's bad. I mean, he could walk into one of these people's house and hand them a gold bar. 
and they would protest. They would say it's an awful thing that they just got a gold bar because they hate Trump that much. It's more important for them to belittle and demean and delegitimize Trump than it is for them to advance any policy at all. So that's why we've got all of a sudden progressives who I always thought were at least supposed to be somewhat anti-war, jonesing for war with a nuclear power because of this whole Russian collusion thing. It's absurd that they would rather have World War III than admit that maybe Trump is doing some good things when he tries to have friendlier relations with Russia. It's just, that's deranged to me, that your hatred of this man would lead you to support NATO or lead you to support policies that bring us closer to war with the Russians. I don't get it. That is cult of personality right there. So no matter what Trump does, it's wrong, it's bad, you know, he's a horrible person, he's racist, and I'll be honest, I don't like Trump. I don't like presidents. I've not liked any of the presidents, but I don't think there's really substantively a whole lot of difference between Bush, Obama, and Trump. By and large, you've got pretty much the same things going on. You've still got uh, incredible spending. You've still got violations of the Constitution left and right. You've still got the wars. All of these things are still going on. Obama was bad. Trump is bad. Neither one of them are nearly as bad or as good as their uh, haters or lovers seem to think. So Trump derangement syndrome, we've got those people. And then on the other side, we have the Trump worshipers. And of course, these are the exact opposite of the people with Trump derangement syndrome. They're ready to build a temple and put Donald Trump in it. Nothing that he does is wrong. So on the one side, you've got people, everything he does is wrong. On the other side, you've got people think that nothing that he does is wrong. I mean, the dude could walk up on stage, burn the Constitution, stomp on the ashes, and declare himself dictator for life, and people would say, oh, Donald Trump is so smart. He's just got this great strategy. He's making America great again. I'm standing over here going, what? I'm going to give you an example of this. I ran into this the other day, and I get a lot of the Trump worshipers. I probably get more Trump worshipers, like in my Facebook feed, than I do people with Trump derangement syndrome. And a lot of these are people that started following me back when Obama was in office, and everybody wanted to follow the Constitution and limit federal power because they didn't like Obama. Well, now that Trump is in office, and he's doing horrible unconstitutional things, that's cool because, well, it's Donald Trump, and it's their guy. And of course, you know, on the flip side of that, we've got people on the left who all of a sudden want to talk about the Tenth Amendment and uh, decentralization. You know, these are the people that were calling me racist three or four years ago. Now they're on board. So we've had a complete flip in the people that are supporting the work of the Tenth Amendment Center. But anyway, I was having this conversation with this woman, and I was talking about this ridiculous idea to give $12 billion to U.S. farmers. Now, this is socialism, no matter how you stack it. It is actually based on a Roosevelt-era law. So it's socialism. And so I was talking about this, and this woman says, Trump's threat of socialism just sold all of our soybeans to the EU. Amazing. And she put socialism in quotes. And so I said, I'm a little unclear about why you put socialism in quotes. Just because it achieved a goal that you approve of doesn't change the fact that Trump is handing money to farmers, and that is socialism. 
And she said, I put it in quotes because he actually can't do what he proposed. Congress holds the purse, but you know that. I put it in quotes because he was, it was never a real thing. Okay. So I happened to have read an article not too long before that, and I knew for a fact what they were basing this idea on, and it was absolutely a real thing. And so I found that article, and I quoted this, quote, Agriculture Secretary Sonny Perdue said all of the programs are authorized under the Commodity Credit Corporation Charter Act, a Depression-era funding program that doesn't require approval from Congress. So yeah, Congress holds the purse, but according to this law, and there I really will use air quotes, according to this law, the president can hand money to uh, farmers, $12 billion worth, to fix the tariffs, uh, you know, the problems that the tariffs are causing. So, But she persisted in, in this argument and, and said that, uh, oh, no, 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 he didn't really mean it. That was her argument. Her argument was, he said this, he proposed the policy, the agriculture secretary marched out and justified the policy. It was actually a three-part plan, but he didn't mean it. That was the argument. And I said, so let me make sure I'm clear about this. The president announces a socialist initiative to give taxpayer money to farmers. His secretary of agriculture lays out a detailed three-part plan based on a Roosevelt-era socialist law that is incidentally unconstitutional. And your position is, this is great because it achieves something you approve of and somehow you knew, you know, he didn't mean it. And her response was, yes. So how do you even argue with this? I mean, I didn't even try. I gave up. Because this is total cult of personality thinking. Now, this is not a dumb woman. I mean, she's a smart woman. But she is so wrapped up in Trump. She is so wrapped up in her guy, and he's making America great again, that she has lost all ability to think rationally. I mean, anybody from the outside looking at this, he didn't mean it, wouldn't, would say this is just absurd. And the Trump derangement syndrome people are exactly the same. They are supporting things like war that they would normally oppose just because they think it will make Trump look bad. Making Trump look bad is more important to them than not being in World War III. This is absurd. Well, no cult of personality for me. I am going to do everything that I can to stick to principle. Follow the Constitution, every issue, every time, no exceptions, no excuses. I don't care who's doing what, no cult of personality. Well, that's it for this episode of Thoughts from Meharry Head. We're another 10 minutes closer to freedom. I really appreciate you listening to this show. If you enjoyed it, do me a favor and spread the word. And feel free to send me any thoughts or ideas to michael.meharry at 10thamendmentcenter.com. If you haven't done so already, I'd appreciate it if you'd subscribe to the uh, podcast over at iTunes. You can do that for free. Thanks again for listening, and I'll talk to you again next time.